the Carolina Hurricanes fell short in three of their round two series against the New York Rangers. But just what went wrong in that game for the Hurricanes? Find out in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked On Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Find where the game starts. And as always, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at lo underscore hurricanes. Myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore ninety six. Rate the show five stars on whatever streaming platform you're listening on and subscribe on YouTube. And in today's episode, folks, we will be going over game three of the Eastern Conference second round series between the Hurricanes and the Rangers. We have the five-day forecast for the Hurricanes as well as just some hot takes. It is locked on Hurricanes after dark after all. So getting into game three for the Hurricanes up in New York, the Hurricanes in games one and two, they look good. Not great, but good. I feel that home ice was playing a big factor in those games. And that was something that heading into that Metro Division clinching game, Something myself and John from Locked On Rangers said that they'd be a big factor, you know, going through this postseason, and that these teams very well could face each other in the playoffs. It's obviously happened. The Hurricanes are still leading this series two to one as of right now, but something has got to give for the Hurricanes. They are now 0-4 on the road in the playoffs. They didn't win a single game in the Boston series. And now they've dropped their first game in Madison Square Garden against the Rangers. And if they are going to, one, win this series, and then play conference fi- if they make it to the conference final and play Tampa Bay, got to win on the road. And that is something that the Hurricanes, they need to figure it out. I don't know if it's their game rituals or what it may be. If it's a mental thing, it has to be. It has to be a mental thing. Because you look at, I think the Boston series is great for this. You you look at games one and two there how dominant the Hurricanes were. And then games three and four up there in Boston, they look like crap. It it has to be a mental thing. I don't know if 
if it's the crowds getting to them or or what because you know this team they're really really good on the road in the regular season and yeah the playoffs are more intense the crowds are rowdier and, and all that stuff but this team they have got to get it going on the road and it's one of those things I'm almost at a loss for words of what team even needs to do because it's just it's a complete 180 from what they do at home to what they do on the road it looks like a completely different hockey team and it's not just their play on you know because they're there have been moments here and there where they've looked all right. You know, you had a few in the Boston series, and you had a few moments in, in last night's game where they looked all right, but nothing to, frankly, really write home about. You know, and the only ones that we've really been able to look at being consistent, like, even, you know, in these games, Auntie Rata continues to be great for the Hurricanes. And him in that game was the reason it wasn't worse than what it was. And Rata, you know, he, again, has continued to be the one consistent bright spot all playoff long. And, you know, another thing is not just on the road, but just in general, is their power play. The power play has been abysmal. Yeah, it's shown flashes here and there, sure, but but really since, not just in the playoffs, but going back to the beginning of March, the Hurricanes' power play has been really underperforming and has been a, a really big letdown. This was an issue last postseason. You guys that were around then, you'll remember that. You'll remember how I was criticizing the team for that. I criticized them during the regular season for this. That's been something I've criticized this team with ever since I started this show. It's just how inconsistent their power play ends up being on these playoff runs. And it's, again, one of those things just with – how they're playing on the road, I don't know what the heck is going wrong. Because they have all of the tools there to get it going. They have the talent there. I, I don't know if it's something that needs to be shaken up or or what. I mean, a lot of folks kind of put to Tony D'Angelo and Tavo Teravinen not having really good chemistry on that first unit. Something need to change there, maybe. But it's also like I also don't want to change things at this point. You're in the middle of a second round series now. Isn't really the time to start with an entirely new power play unit, you know. But on the flip side, your power play sucks, and you got to get something going if you're going to win this series, win the conference final. And win the Stanley Cup, you gotta do something. And what they're doing right now is not working. I've seen quite a few people say that this 
like come off season, they need to hire dedicated power play coach. And honestly, I agree that this is getting very, very frustrating year in and year out. This power play unit, these power play units being a consistent weak spot in the postseason. Again, yes, it's not 100% bad all the time. No, we have good moments. We do. But it's more often than not, we're sitting here having this conversation over and over and over. We were having it last year against Tampa Bay and Nashville. We are having it in the bubble against New York and Boston there. And we're having it again this year against Boston and Tampa Bay. Something has got to give when it comes to this power play. I, I think that really needs to be a point of contention, one, in practice right now. But also going into next season, get you a really good power play coach or something. Because what you're doing right now, yeah, it works during the regular season. But again, we're going back to March. This isn't even the beginning of the playoffs. This is the beginning of March. And it has been abysmal as a whole. And they have got to seriously get something going with the power play. Because for so long in the regular season, it was one of the, you're one of the top power play teams. And then come March, you just keep slipping, slipping, and slipping. Oh, you have a good game here. Then you start slipping again, start slipping again. Good game here, good game there. And now we're in the playoffs, and it's been crap. Again, you know, a few things here and there, but as a whole, it's not been good. The Hurricanes power play has is going to be the death of them in the postseason. Plain and simple. We've got to get it going there. And they got to win on the road as well. But they, this is something you know, that I honestly just feel like I'm sounding as, like a broken record at this point. Because it is the same thing every time. It was the same thing in every Boston loss. Power play doesn't show up. Offense doesn't show up. You got some good goaltending from Antiranta, but that's about it. And it's been the same thing every single time. And that's going to be what costs this team hanging another Stanley Cup banner there in PNC Arena. Is dumb stuff like this. I get, you know, it's easy for me to sit here at my desk. It's easy for you, you know, to sit or wherever you're sitting and criticize this stuff. But when it's the same thing night after night, it's frustrating. It really, really is. But. It's in the past. Game three, it's in the past. And there's nothing else we can do about it. Rangers won that game. Igor Shostrakhan, he was freaking awesome for the Rangers. He had how many stops? He had 43 stops on 44 shots. Absolutely fantastic. There's a reason he's a Vesna finalist and a Hart finalist. 
There's a reason. Okay, it's not like we're playing a scrub goaltender or anything like that and making him look like a Vesna finalist and a Hart finalist. No, the guy is the real deal. And that is something that does need to be taken into consideration in this game, is that you're going against some elite-level goaltender. Okay? And, yeah, I, I do give them that. Okay? But you have 44 shots on goal. She probably at least had two. That's just me. But, you know, again, game's over and done with it. It's been talked about to death at this point. You know, it's locked on Hurricanes after dark after all. And, you know, now all we can really do is just look ahead. Look ahead to game four. Look ahead to game five and what the Hurricanes can expect from their team in these games. And we will dive into all of that right after this quick break. And today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is, of course, a lifestyle-friendly multivitamin. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness, and one of its best things is that it's based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit that you've built up. It's cheaper than getting all of those different supplements that you always get. You're investing in all-in-one nutritional insurance. And with over 7,000 five-star reviews, Athletic Greens is recommended by professional athletes trusted by health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, folks, looking ahead to the rest of the week for the Carolina Hurricanes in this edition of the Hurricanes forecast. Now, looking at practice earlier today, the one thing that was grabbing a bunch of headlines was that Frederick Anderson was practicing. He didn't have full practice. He practiced for about a good 30 minutes or so and then left the ice. It's a pretty light practice. He's done a little bit of stuff uh, with goaltending coach and you know, here and there, but getting out there with the team hasn't been something we haven't seen that since mid-April, early mid-April. So to see that, you know, I think that is 
obviously very, very promising. You know, it had gotten to the point where Rod Brindmore had told us to stop asking, you know, for updates on Freddie Anderson because he didn't know when he would be coming back. So, you know, I'm obviously not expecting him to be playing tomorrow. I'm not expecting him to be playing Thursday. You know, I, I would you'd say you could maybe expect him in like a game six or game seven. But it, it's very promising to see that, all right, he's back out there practicing with the team and not just individually with goaltending coach. Uh, so do I think we'll get an update on him? of when he will be playing or when we could expect him to at least be available. I don't really expect that anytime soon. Maybe later on in the week, but like tomorrow after a morning skate? No, I don't expect that. And I do think, you know, it's like I said with Walt Ruff, it's not a situation of we need Freddie right now. We're in capable hands. It's just us wanting him back and wanting updates on his health and, you know, is he doing all right? It's really just that kind of thing. But, you know, like I said, you know, I, I'm i not expecting him back anytime soon. It's just nice to see, all right, you know, he's getting back out there. He's practicing. And I think that's very, very good. And one thing, you know, obviously, you know, we just spent – a lot of time criticizing it, but the Hurricanes power play was, was something that, you know, was really focused on in practice earlier today. And, you know, the units that we had out there were better than what they were. You know, I, I said that I felt, you know, they could maybe use a bit of a shake up there, mainly like separating Terrabine and DeAndre. They didn't have good chemistry. And that was something that was done at practice today with the first unit consisting of Ajo, Jarvis, Niederreiter, Trocek, and D'Angelo. Second unit being Kotniemi, Nature, Sveshnikov, Teravine, and Slavin. Yeah, I, I like those uh, units as a whole. And it'll be interesting to see how things go, you know, if they roll with these. You know, come game time. That will be something that is very, very interesting because I, I like the idea of these. And yeah, you know, it's very much, you know, one of where they're spreading the wealth almost. They're not, you know, loading up one unit with Otto, Sveshnikov, Teravain. They're not doing that. And, you know, they're just spreading it out, which I think is smart. It's just going to be a matter of, you know, one, you know, it's obviously, you know, none of those guys being in the penalty box, mainly uh, Tony D'Angelo and Andre Sveshnikov there. But, you know, if we were to get, say, get that first unit out, how is that going to gel? And, again, I like it on paper. It's good on paper. But seeing it out there, you know, in a game, I think is really going to be what sells me on it. 
and probably what's going to sell a lot of other people on you know, cha- shaking up these power play units. I think we all know it's something that probably that needs to be done with how little is going on it. It's just a matter of how is it going to work out. And I think that'll be interesting to see if, you know, we see that come tomorrow. Uh, but that's just something, you know, it, it's one thing to talk about right now, but we'll just have to see come game time for that. And, you know, looking ahead to the rest of the week, game five was given an official start time and date by the NHL. It was announced for Thursday at 7 p.m. That is, of course, going to be in Raleigh at PNC Arena for that game there. I think, you know, hopefully, you know, we can close it out there. Hopefully we can, you know, get a 3-1 lead tomorrow and get a, you know, series winning on Thursday. Now, say things don't go our way, we can look at Saturday being game six. That will obviously be back up in New York City if that were to happen there. But, you know, those, again, all we can do is sit and wait for those. All we can do is sit and wait for tomorrow or today, depending on when you're listening. But, and then, you know, of course, on Thursday, got to wait for Thursday to get here. Same with Saturday if we have a game on Saturday. But regardless of what happens here in these games, the winner of this series, which of course we're hoping is the Carolina Hurricanes, of course, is going to be facing the Tampa Bay Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final. The Tampa Bay Lightning completed their sweep of the Florida Panthers, very much told Little Brother to go sit down, pretty much. And they showed that they're still Florida's team. They're to their sixth conference final in eight seasons. They're still looking to three-peat. So the, the Lightning are on a tear right now. And the Hurricanes, they'll have their work cut out for them. Or the Rangers will have their work cut out for them. We don't know what's going to happen. But we do know who we will be facing. That is, of course, the Tampa Bay Lightning there. And... You know, looking across, you know, to the other conference in the Western Conference, the Colorado Avalanche took a 3-1 series lead over the St. Louis Blues last night or tonight in Game 4, winning that game 6-3. And Edmonton Oilers are leading the Calgary Flames 2-1 in their series. They are playing on Tuesday night after the Hurricanes and the Rangers. So the field is thinning. We already got our first conference final uh, participant. And before we know it, we'll be seeing, could be seeing another. Could be seeing another come Wednesday if the St. Louis Blues are able to avoid elimination. We'll see. They're in Denver. That's going to be a tough gonna be a tough task and you know the Colorado Avalanche are looking to really get past that second round that's something they haven't been able to do but of course you can go tune into Locked on Lightning, Locked on Panthers, Locked on Blues, Locked on Avs, Locked on Flames, Locked on Oilers and if you so wish 
the Locked On Rangers show as well. You can tune into all of those shows for all the coverage of those scenes. I just think it's worth mentioning here in the forecast as well. But it's Locked On Hurricanes after dark, folks. Let's get a little bit spicy with some hot takes. And we will dive into those right after this quick break. Now, folks, game four is right around the corner for you Hurricanes fans. If And if you want to place a bet on that game, our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, hockey playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now it's time for some hot takes. I've had some of these, you know, built up for a while some of these are more recent as well so it's going to be a little bit of a mixture and two of these we did touch on earlier in the episode but if the carolina hurricanes cannot get their power play going and or can't start winning on the road in the playoffs they will not get past the tampa bay lightning plain and simple I think you can maybe get past the Rangers. Kind of get lucky like you did against Boston. If you continue on the track you're going. You maybe you can maybe get past the Rangers. But you're not going to get past Tampa Bay. Yes, you would have home ice in that series. But I still do not think, you know, and that is something that would work in the Hurricanes' favor. Of course, you know, having that home ice advantage against Tampa Bay. And I think that could maybe net them a few games there in that series. But again, coming back to the power play, we ra- I ranted about it for so long already. And just in this episode, that's not even including past episodes where we've had this discussion. But if they want to get past Tampa Bay, they have got to win on the road and get their power play going. If they don't, they're not going to get past them. Tampa is going to go to a third straight Stanley Cup final. And plain plain and simple. That that's what's gonna happen there, in, in my opinion at least. And now going into some older hot takes that we've had sitting around. Uh now we obviously you know have been seeing the, the finalists for NHL awards right now and barring a ridiculous statistical season Jacob Slavin will never get nominated for the Norris Trophy because he isn't a flashy player and we all know he is a Norris caliber defenseman. He is an elite defenseman. He is one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. But he is a defensive defenseman. He is not one to go and score a bunch of points. He is not one to 
make super crazy plays. His his game is very, you know, I wouldn't say vanilla, but you know, it, it, again, it's not flashy. It's not filled with highlight real plays, and that's going to be why he doesn't get nominated. Because you look at a lot of the nominees happening, you know, regardless of the award, it's the guy that scores the most points, guys that have the flashy high plays. Jacob Slavin does not have that get nominated again you know know, some kind of ridiculous statistical season that folks just cannot ignore he is not going to be a finalist and he will not win he is obviously going to get norris votes he gets them but he is not going to be a finalist and he is not going to win and you know looking back you know I think, you know, looking back at the offseason, I think it's one that is going to take a little bit of time to see where it will end up and how those moves will play out over the course of several years, but I'm not bringing back Brock McGinn could end up being a mistake. And I'm not saying re-signing Jordan Martinuk was a mistake. I don't think that was. But I do think that they really should have made more of a push to bring back McGinn. Because I, I think that, you know, you look at, you know, he is a bottom six guy. You know, and you look at kind of, I mean, you can obviously compare Martinuk in there as well because, you know, that's who they brought back and kind of how he's a bit injury prone. And, you know, that's kind of one thing maybe look at, but, you know, when he is able to stay healthy, he is really good and he does what they need him to do. But I think, you know, one of the more, you look at Max Domi. He's had a couple good games, but outside of that, really not a bit of a non-factor. You know, folks, you know, talk about his physicality and you know, his grit and you know how he gets under other folks' skin. Brock McGinn did that. He was a big physical body that went around and wrecked people. And he stayed healthy. Again, we'll see how this plays out. You know, down the road, I think it may still be a little bit of a uh, early call on there, but maybe that's a move that we want back. Again, I, I, I know that you know everyone you know, is going to be sentimental about stuff. You know, oh yeah, he scored the double OT winner in that Washington series. You know, he was here for a very long time, but I think that you know. He was one that had more upside than you know who they do have, and I think that we'll just have to wait and see on that one. But I do think that could maybe be 
a move here, you know, like another year or two. We're looking at that and like, we should have kept him again, you know? And, you know, because I think, you know, you, you know, like Dougie, you know, I think, you know, you kind of look at him, you know, walking in free agency in the season he had in New Jersey. He didn't have a good season. So, yeah, you could easily chalk that up to, oh, you know, Dougie had didn't have a good season in New Jersey. Hurricanes got a bargain, you know, to take his place and, you know, all that stuff. But I still think, uh, hey, we need to, you know, give these types of things about two years, you know, because these are guys that are going into new systems and stuff happens. Again, like Dougie, stuff happens. But, yeah, it's going to be one that I think, you know, could very well have that, uh, be one that we want to bring back. And, you know, speaking of bringing folks back, so to speak, I think that Tom Dundon and Dom Waddell's lack of loyalty to folks could end up hurting them in one way or another. And yes, they have built a winning team. You know, after years and years and years of mediocrity, they have built a winner. And that is obviously, you know, good. And again, this is a business. You cannot always bring every single guy back. No matter how sentimental or attached you are to these guys. Again, like Brock again, like Dougie Hamilton, it is business. And you can't necessarily always bring guys back. But you look at some of these bridges that they've burned or seemingly burned. You know, you look at Alex and Delkovich. I think that, you know, I mean, you look at, you know, what he signed for in New, in Detroit, signed for less than what he was asking for here. And, you know, he really put that team on his back some this year. Yeah, he was playing in Detroit. You know, his stats weren't going to be as good. And I think, you know, that was one that still is a scratching move to me. Despite, you know, how good the Hurricanes goaltending has been this year, as a whole at least, you know, because you struggled for years and years and years to replace Cam Ward. Ever since you know, his prime ended, injuries started catching up with him. He's getting overplayed, playing hurt, all that. So we all know that he was done dirty. We all know that. And essentially kind of tarnished his legacy there. Uh, because a lot of folks remember you know, those last few years of where he wasn't the Cam Ward of old. You've been struggling to replace him. Peter... Curtis, uh, James, and, you know, these guys were nice, you know, temporary fixes, but, you know, they were never going to be the long-term guy. And then you, you had, had this kid drafted, you, you developed him up through your system, you got a shot, quarterfinals. Went on a hell of a run. You give up on him. 
Yeah, he had flaws in this game. I think we all can you know, admit that. Yeah, you know, he was not a perfect goalie. He was not Andre Vasilevsky or Mark Andre. He's not a perfect goalie or anything like that. No, he's still a kid. And I still think that you know it's something I'm torn with. You know, because you look at the success that the Hurricanes are having right now, it's great, but. Did you sacrifice your future? This? I don't know. Then you look at John Forslund, guy that been with you since heart. You did him dirty. And I'm sure there's several. Those are just kind of the first two that come to mind of the way things have been done. And Dougie Hamilton. It's another. And again, it's just one of those things of, is it going to end up hurting them down the road? Uh, you know, you kind of screwed over some guys. And now other folks don't want to come play for you because they know some of your business practices, so to speak. I think that is going to be something that we really won't see that for a few more years. But it is something I do think could very well be a possibility, the lack of loyalty. And again, you know, you look at your know, guys like you know, Hayden Flurry, Ned, and Justin Falk, and you know, some of these other guys that, yeah, Falk was obviously not going to say he needed to go, but he was a longtime hurricane and, you know, the, someone that came up through your system. Brock McGinn, you know, a guy that came up through your system and you have know, been around for a long time. These guys that have been around for a long time, yeah, your new GM ownership, all that stuff, they don't have to have loyalty to those guys. And, you know, you see that in other sports all the time, in football, basketball, baseball. You see that all the time there, you know. New management takes over. They don't have, necessarily have to have loyalty to those guys. I think when we're really going to see that kind of stuff rear its head is going to be when the, the, these guys that this regime is drafting, signing, all that stuff, I think, you know, when those guys get done dirty. And it happens on multiple occasions. I think that's. That's when we'll see, you know, all right, you know, is, is this going to bite them in the butt? But again, that, that's going to be something that's way, way, way down the road. And hopefully it doesn't come to that, but we'll just have to wait and see. And just like, like for game four, where just got 